Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along to another edition, it's the Cricket Badger Podcast and it's the one where we're looking ahead to the England games or we're looking back at the game at Old Trafford. Exciting finish in that one, two tests still to come at the Aegeus Bowl as Pakistan try and fight back from losing that first game in Manchester. First of all, thank you very much to tvsportsblog.com for their support of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's much appreciated, give them a follow on Twitter as well, at tvsportsblog. And if you were looking on the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed today, you'll know that we did a Ask Badger, hashtag Ask Badger. So there's a few of your questions going to be included in this edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. But to help me, as always, during these England matches this curtailed season, I am joined by cricket journalist Graham Harcastle. Graham, how are you? Yeah, I'm not so bad, thank you. It's a fascinating test, wasn't it? You know, for England to, to come back, it's really set the series up. We're, we're wall-to-wall cricket again with all the, the, the county action around as well. So it's uh, it's a position that we, that we perhaps didn't think we'd find ourselves in at the start of summer, but we're... Um, we're only too glad to have it all back. I actually thought back in March, April that we probably wouldn't see any cricket at all this year. So everything's a bonus, isn't it, from here on? And yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You're obviously in Bob Willis Trophy action at the moment. The, the Bob Willis Trophy, to me, Graham, has been a, a real success this season. I mean, part of that is because we would have been happy to see any any cricket at all. But I just think that the three regional groups. A lot of really good cricket being played around the country and, and some really good performances coming in. Yeah, look, the one thing I, I want to say at the moment, I completely agree with you. I wouldn't be particularly keen to see it repeated in the current form for next year, i.e. I hope people don't sit there and say, well, five games is enough. Let's play that. That's a way of, of reducing the schedule and getting getting the 100 going and getting more blast action and things like that. Would you be happy with 10 games, though, in home and away? The way that I would do it, if that was the case, is I would have the, the opportunity for counties to play first-class friendlies against each other, whether that be at the start as a way of warming up or whether that be in any kind of further gap in the schedule for them to say, for, for example, the two counties I cover the most, Lancashire and Yorkshire, for those two counties to be able to say it's the best fixture in county cricket, bar none. 
you know, Surrey, Surrey Middlesex run, obviously runs it close. To me, there is nothing better than a Roses fixture. I would not have a problem watching Roses cricket for three or four times a year. So almost, I wouldn't have a problem with them saying 10 games in competition with a couple of knockout games. That takes you up to 12. And then you have the ability to to arrange a friendly warm-up, which is a first-class game against the county of your choice, or you have the ability to arrange a, a friendly fixture, I don't know, Yorkshire, Lancashire, Scarborough, for example, which would, which would yes, be a friendly, but would bring in the crowds and give it first-class status. I wouldn't have a particular problem with that, but, you know, as things stand, I, I would quite like to see two divisions of 14 continue next year. It's just great to have it back though, isn't it? County cricket is very, very important to both of us and to a lot of people listening out there, but so is England as well. And we'll come across now to the Pakistan series after England had uh, come back to beat the West Indies 2-1. We had our kind of little bit of, um, what's the word? We were slightly nervous that the first test syndrome might continue against Pakistan at Old Trafford. And for a while, I think during that test match, I I was convinced it was going to as well. I didn't give England a prayer of chasing down that 277 to, to beat Pakistan. They did do... But I don't want that to paper over the cracks because I don't think it was a vintage England cricket performance. I would slightly disagree with you there when you say I wouldn't have given England a prayer chasing 277. I I think that, yes, they were overwhelming underdogs in that scenario. However, a target of 277 isn't a wow target, is it? Only ever been done once before. At Old Trafford? Yeah, but even so, the way that the game is advancing and things like that, 277 isn't beyond the the means of quality players, international players, even kind of domestic players, professionals. It didn't amaze me that they chased it down. It surprised me, but the game throws up, will throw up over the next couple of years. Bigger surprises than that. The Cricket Badger Podcast is brought to you in association with tvsportsblog.com. Excellent sporting content. It's well worth a look and give them a follow on Twitter at tvsportsblog. I'm going to get to the Ask Badger questions then that have been sent in to by uh, the Cricket Badger Podcast listeners. And we'll start with one here from uh, Tom Grant. He says, Butler and Wokes were stupendously good on the last day of the first test against Pakistan. What a partnership. I hope to see this partnership continuing on Thursday, he says. Um, I don't see why it's not going to. I mean, I'll come... I said this on Twitter already, but for the sake of the podcast, I have been very down on Joss Butler. I have called for his omission from the side. I don't think he scored enough runs. And I think if you if you ask him, I'm sure that he'll look back over the next, last 18 months and say he hasn't scored enough runs because he's a fairly honest bloke because he sh- showed at the end of the uh, the first test match about his glove work. But I think batting-wise, over the last two or three games, there's definitely signs that he's taking that. He seems to have cleared his mind a little bit. He understand, He goes out there with a plan and he's sticking to it. And it's actually bearing dividends. The only downside with Joss, though, during the first test at Old Trafford was his keeping. He suddenly lost all ability to catch the ball for a a period fairly early on in the game. And it could have been really costly in the same way that he dropped Jermaine Blackwood against the West Indies and they won that test match. He dropped Chan Masood a couple of times, missed a stumping off him as well. Don Best must have wondered what he'd done 
to upset him. And his keeping was called into question all the way through. But I think the one thing that I'll, I'll finish on saying was I, I thought it was um, an incredible feat of managing his nerves, managing his, his brain. Because a lot of cricket's played in the mind. With all of the pressure, with people like me saying, yeah, maybe they should be looking for somebody else in his spot. And um, for the fact that his dad was taken into hospital during the test match as well, to kind of put, park all that or use all of that to go into that fourth innings and play like he did, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is a top draw player. Whatever you whatever you think about him, he has, he has performed in some high-pressure situations, World Cup finals, IPLs, finals days, all those kind of things that will have helped him. Yes, he, he hasn't had the smoothest of, of rides in Test Match cricket by any stretch of the imagination, but he knows what games on the line require in whatever format and that that will have helped him and i i've 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 never had any doubt that butler has the ability and i still think he has to make a very very good test cricketer and a very very useful component in england's side i still think that is the case he just needs what they're providing him, actually, a little bit of backing, a little bit of time, and stick with him, and, and I think he'll come good. His keeping was really poor, and if he hadn't got runs, I think it probably would have been his last Test match innings. And the, the one thing that worries me a little bit is, you know, obviously COVID permitting, the next scheduled trip is away to India, where he's going to have to be um, standing up to the spinners probably for much of the day. And that seems to be where his keeping really lets him down. Standing up, you know, you, you can look at, Ben Folks, you can probably name about 10 keepers from around the county circuit that could do a better job than Joss Butler with the gloves at the moment. I mean, it's the balancing act, isn't it? Is it worth the potential runs he might score against the potential runs he might actually cost you with the gloves? Well, that, that is a, such a difficult one to answer because you don't know until you're, <laughs> until you're in the position. In this test match that's just gone, yes, it was because he, he got them over the line. And no matter how poor you think his keeping was, he still ended up at the end of the game being one of the two heroes. So in that instance, yes, it may well be that in a first test in Mumbai, it doesn't work out. But that can be the same for any keeper. If you think that Ben Folks is the best keeper that England have got, he could have a nightmare test with the gloves. Well, that's one of the things I always um, think about on Twitter when people are saying, well, Ben Folks, Ben Folks would have taken that. Well, Ben Folks is still human and Ben Folks will have dropped catches in his time. You know, he, he doesn't catch everything and stump yeah. everything that yeah. he comes along. He's tidier. He's a better keeper. He's a more natural keeper than Joss Butler. But he will still make mistakes. Would Ben Folks have got England over the line with the bat there? You know, those, those are the questions that you, you've got to answer. I believe that Butler's big game experience played a significant part in that innings to get them over the line. Joe Root actually said to him, I, I, I think I, before I, he went out there, that, you know, this is made for you. Go out there and go out there and treat it as a one-day game. It's, made, yeah, it's kind I, of made have, for you. It's, it's a chase. I have absolutely no doubt in somebody like a Ben Folks' quality with the bat. I just, I just wonder whether early on in his career, whether he could have just handled that situation as well as Butler did. Yeah. They're all imponderables, aren't they? That you, you know, but all, all you can say is fair play to Josh Butler because yes, there was pressure. He would be in my test team. 
I'm not a hundred percent sure he would be in my team as wicketkeeper. That's uh, the other question, isn't it? Do you, do you keep Josh Butler at six as a purely as a batsman and bring in somebody like Ben Folks at seven? I don't have a particular problem with Butler keeping. It's bizarre, actually, Graham. My problem with Josh Butler has been his batting. You know, averaging until the start of this summer, averaging about twenty-two over the last eighteen months. He's, he's not good enough. That's not what he's picked for. That's not what Ed Smith promised the world when he, he said, "Right, we're going to play Josh Butler." But yeah, the, there's definitely been signs over this summer that he's actually knuckling down. He's tightening up and he's he's playing to the situation of a test match. So it, it's bizarre that the, the keeping had never really been too much of a problem for me. I think he'd, he'd you know, snaffled most things that had gone his way. Maybe he isn't the tidiest keeper in the world. It was only really in this last test match that the keeping became an issue. And I think I, I said on Twitter that, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, he, he should be ousted or he should at least have the clubs taken off him. I always like to see somebody who's made a bit of a rick given a chance to actually put it right, to go away, work on it for a couple of days with Bruce French and come back and actually say, actually, I'm better than that. You know, that, that was a one game where I, I messed up. He admitted it afterwards. But let's give him, let's give him a, a chance to put it right. And if, if ultimately you take the jo- um, gloves off Josh Butler, then, yeah, that's, that's a conversation for probably two or three test matches now because I think he's earned the right to have a little bit of a, an easy ride off the likes of me for a bit. One thing that you cannot deny is that Josh Butler is a fabulous, fabulous cricketer. I don't, think, I don't think anybody ever has denied that, though, have they? It's, it's just whether it's white ball or red ball, isn't it? To me, they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't really make a, a great deal of difference. It makes a massive difference. Think, it makes a huge difference. It's, it's two different sports these days. You need a completely different mindset, a completely different technique. We've seen Johnny Burster go away and become world champion in white ball, and it's wrecked his red ball. Butler has all the tools to be, as as does Johnny Bairstow, has all the tools to be a top quality cricketer in all formats of the game. I just hope this is the this is the kind of springboard for Josh to, to show that. I totally agree. I, I'd love to see him become a real force in that test team. I really would. And I will certainly lay off him for the next two or three test matches. But the jury is still out from me, but he's making progress. Fed up of collecting your team's matchday subs? Worried about carrying cash post-COVID-19? Try slateapp.co.uk. Less contact than contactless. Slate, the smartest way to collect weekly match fees and more. Download the app, slateapp.co.uk. Not just for cricket, any clubs that collect subs. It just makes sense. Stick it on the Slate. slateapp.co.uk. Let's move on to Chris Wokes, because Chris Wokes is an unsung hero of that England Test team. He's average with the ball in England's about 22 or 23. He's phenomenal in English conditions. He hasn't scored many runs of late, and uh, getting England home with that 84 not out probably wasn't going to be expected by too many people that he came to the party and came to it in such style. You know, he's a lovely bloke. You, hear, you see him interviewed. I've met him a couple of times, and he's really... When people say he's the nicest guy in cricket, I don't think that's an exaggeration. And it's good to see the good guys win, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> take away his quality as a bloke. Again, his quality as a cricketer is outstanding. He is just one of those people who you would always want on your side. Yes, he is unsung, but I bet he's not unsung by those in the England dressing room or those in the Warwickshire dressing room. So it's going to be, um, going to be interesting whether they take him away to India, though, isn't it? Because that's not a that's not a tour that really suits him. Certainly not in terms of his bowling. I think you will find that that kind of question is a question that is probably. I, I, I'm speaking now, and a heck of a lot can change. But my my reading of the situation now 
would be that they will be taking a big enough party to India due to COVID restrictions and biosecure bubbles and replacements and all that kind of stuff for there to be a place in that squad for Chris Wokes. On a normal tour, then that question may well be a, a very, very valid one. I, ju- I just think that they may, may be taking extra bodies to India if, of course, that tour goes ahead. I mean, we're still four or five months away from that, so so a heck of a lot can change. But I, I would imagine that they will be taking a, a, a kind of increased number in, in their party. I would never even expect him not to be in that best 22 or 23, even with three or four spinners. Going back to the hashtag Ask Badger questions, Jane, a regular listener of the Cricket Badger podcast, she's asked a question. I'll, I'll answer this one, Graham, because I've done a lot of bit of research in this. I don't expect you to have to answer this one. But she says, uh, if Chris Wokes was going to be signed up for a hair product, which hair product would it be? Now, I, I basically did a little bit of Googling on this one, Jane, and I found a company called the Sugar Bear Hair Care Company. And seeing as he's a bear, he's a Warwickshire lad, seeing as he's known to be one of the sweetest guys in the world, sugar seemed to be appropriate, and it's obviously hair. So Sugar Bear Hair Care, that's the answer to that question. The other question that Jane posed, it was a, a double-pronged question, predictions for team selection for England for the next test match. News today, Jimmy announced the press conference. A lot of people were thinking that was going to be Jimmy saying sayonara. It thankfully isn't. He's basically said he knows he needs to play a little bit better if he's going to be picked by England, but he is more than happy to carry on playing for England. So I think that's good news. A lot of people writing him off when they shouldn't do. And unfortunately for Dan Lawrence, um, a bereavement in his family has meant that he's left the bubble. So our thoughts are with him. And same with Ben Stokes as well. He's heading off to New Zealand now to go and join his family. Um, So best wishes to Ben Stokes too. But that does leave England a little bit slightly different kind of complexion to the team, isn't it? I I did actually say during the first test ground that over the last two test matches when Ben Stokes was played purely as a batsman, I felt he lost a little bit of his superpowers. He's an all-action guy, isn't he? He likes to be involved. He likes to have the ball. He likes to take catches. He likes to bat forever he likes to do all of the things that you know not sit down for very long and I think when you take his bowling or the capacity for him to bowl away he didn't seem to be quite the cricketer yeah potentially this is a chance for him to go off and do whatever he needs to do in New Zealand get himself fully fit and for England to try and win without him he showed a little bit of that when when he kind of he came in bowling unexpectedly and struck straight away didn't it I thought that was really strange I thought that I thought that was I mean I think that was him saying Joe give me the ball Joe give me the ball I'm going to take two wickets and fair fair enough that's his kind of style isn't it but he was limping throughout that spell that's no way to treat one of your prized assets is it well as you say if, if he's saying is he saying to Root give me the ball give me the ball give me the ball as a captain you always want people to stand up and, and want people to take responsibility so you can't really criticize any of the the management or the the hierarchy for that i, I think that is just stokes's kind of modus operandi really he just yeah. he just wants to he wants to be doing everything as as you say he's going to be a huge hole to fill it opens up possibilities for young players you know, I'm including Zach Crawley in that, obviously front and centre. He's he's not done a great deal wrong in, in Test match cricket. He gets he's gonna get another opportunity, you would think, to to shine. And then whether it's somebody like James Bracey or even Ben Folks comes into the side as well, I I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure to be honest. It is quite a, it's quite a difficult one to 
to work out how how's it going to go. Do you change too much of a winning side, even even though there were there were obvious flaws in the performance in the early stages of the, that game? I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Really, brought back Ollie Robinson into the bubble, haven't they, from Sussex after he took a load of wickets in the uh, the first round of Bob Willis Trophy matches, and thought on the streets, Huggy Bearers, that he might get his Test debut in the uh, the first game at the Aegeus Bowl. Seems likely, I think, that Jimmy will get a rest. Um, and he looked, to be honest, he looked like he needed one towards the end of that test match. It was the first time I think I've ever watched a test match with Jimmy playing where I thought he looks knackered and a bit old. Yeah, I think he probably deserves to put his feet up and then come back for the third test match. So I think they'll probably reshuffle the pack a little bit with the bowlers. But I think uh, I think you're right. I think Zach Crawley comes in at number three and everybody else kind of moves around a little bit. And that's uh, that's probably the replacements in terms of the batting. It'll be exciting to see Ollie Robinson if he, if he plays. He's turned his career around quite significantly, hasn't he, from from a few early misdemeanors in his Yorkshire days. And that is, that is fantastic. You know, I, I haven't actually seen a great deal of him since he left Yorkshire. I don't, I don't think I've seen Sussex in the flesh since oh, around about 2012 or 13 or something like that. It's a heck of a long time. Yeah, I, was, I was probably with so, you then. It was, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've, not seen, were, I, yeah. I've not seen him either. Um, somebody asked me on Twitter today, what, what's Ollie Robinson like? Is he the real deal? And I just said, I'm not one of these people that tries to go off what other people tell me. I like to see people myself, whether it be on telly or in the flesh. And I just, I just fessed up as I haven't seen him. I've heard good things, but I've not seen him. And it'd be really interesting to watch him make a test debut. I think it's just the just the way the kind of county the county fixtures have fallen over the last few years. I think I saw Sussex at finals day fairly recently, but it was one of those where there were a second semi final, and, and I've been covering the first, and I was a little bit preoccupied writing up, so I didn't take a great deal of notice in that game. But just the way that divisions have fallen and teams that, that I cover being in different divisions, I just haven't seen him at all. So I can't really give a great deal of opinion. But the one thing I would say is he, ha- he had his misdemeanors at Yorkshire and he has come back exceptionally well, given his record. You can't argue with that. And he deserves a chance. Let's go back to the Ask Badger questions then. And uh, the next one is from David Meekings. And David says, is there anyone who hasn't featured this summer who you think deserves a go and why? I'll go in that first. And while Graham has a chance to think uh, through a few candidates, but I think in the white ball game, the three games they played at the Aegeus Bowl recently, I'd have loved to have seen Sam Hain and Phil Salt involved in those because I think they deserve their chance. Sam Hain's white ball record is just ridiculous and uh, and Phil at the top of the order, guest on the Cricket Badger podcast a few weeks ago, I think deserves his chance. Certainly in a kind of diminished one day white ball setup as, as that was, I think that was a bit of a slap in the face for those two for the work that they've done. So I'd like to see them come in and get a chance in the white ball I think in in the um, in the Red Bull, there are chances are few and far between, aren't they? Because the the squad that they've got covers most of the bases, and they've got reserves as well waiting in the wings. I mean, James Bracey, who Graham just mentioned there, I think he's got a future. He's not doing any of those reserves or any of the hangers on any good at all, really. Is it being in a bubble and watching their county teammates playing games? But it's just the way that this summer's going. So James in that bubble's not getting too much other than net action, is he, at the moment, in terms of his cricket? But I think Dan Lawrence is the, the one that I think is next cab off the rank in terms of the batting positions. Zach Crawley is obviously just ahead of him because he's already in the in the team, really. Um, Zach is, but I think Dan was going to would have been the next batting pick, um, and obviously very unfortunate that he's he's got some family problems and uh, and is going to have to go away and 
if they were thinking about him for the second test match, that's not going to be a thought that lasts very long because he's, he's no longer there. There's a load of county players around, aren't there, that have got some pretty good stats. So, I mean, there was a little game we were playing on Twitter the other day where we were kind of clipping out the bowling figures off Crick Info and saying, can you name the player? And you look at Ben Sanderson's record for North Hants. I know... Yeah, that's predominantly in the second division. But Sunday down at North Hans has got 200-odd wickets at 20. Very similar figures to Wally Robinson. Yeah, there's a, a Jamie Porter at Essex. Always seems to be just on the periphery and never gets a, never gets a chance. So uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of very good county players out there that are just waiting in the wings, waiting for an opportunity. But those opportunities are few and far between because England are so strong and have got a fairly settled kind of nucleus of 15, haven't they? Sam Hayne is the one, he's one of two names that I was going to throw at you. His one-day record is, is just ridiculously good. Yeah, He's not not quite managed to, to kind of find his his range in red ball cricket yet, has he, on but, a consistent basis? Yeah, I think he's getting, um, he's getting there, he's getting better. He is, yeah. yeah there's, no, oh, there's no, there's no doubt, there's no doubt about that. The not, other one, not better enough to actually kind of demand a test place just yet. No, 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 no. The other one who I think has been extremely unlucky to not have any any kind at all of England representative honours, be it Lions or be it in the the fifty five man training squad that they. I know you're going to um, say that they. Yeah, well, I think, I think you do. There's another Ben. Um, yes. Ben Code, yeah, uh, you know his the start of his career over the last three years, three or four years, has been absolutely exceptional. How he's not been been given a lion's call, catch call, I can understand. You know, they've got Anderson who does a, a similar kind of job, so I can kind of understand that. But for him not to have been taken on a tour somewhere, it's quite staggering, really. Yeah. Another one who will will have a big future in the game and has had. A little bit of England representative cricket is is Tom Cole Cadmore. I think he's got all the makings of being a top top player in both formats of the game. Um, I, funny enough, I, I say it on a day where he's got a golden duck today, but it's just one of those things. As an opening, you get them, don't you? That's a hazard of the job. Another name I'll throw at you that I've not seen not and not recently is Verdi at Surrey. A lot of people talk about him as a potential spin candidate, certainly for the Indian tour. Is yeah. I've seen a little bit of him. He's got quite an innocuous action, really. He's one of those those players who you could think to yourself, well, I wouldn't feel I'd, I'd find myself in a great deal of trouble against him. He doesn't seem to have... <laughs> you would, Graham. I've seen you, but... I, completely, I would. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I, I would be in... He'd tie me in knots. But what I'm saying is he, he's quite an innocuous kind of bowler, really, but he gets his results. And, yeah, he's he's got every chance. I'll throw one more name in just before we move on to the next question, and, and that's Richard Gleeson, at, uh, who, who is now at Lanxex of Northants. So I've seen quite a bit of him, mainly on pre-season trips and on in MCC games and stuff like that, but he's, he's pretty nippy. He, he's quite accurate for a, a fast bowler, and I think he's got potential. He's got Lions recognition and, and stuff like that, and he was in the uh, in the reserves for the one-dayers, wasn't he? But I, I like him, and I think he and he had a decent summer for Lancashire last year. Then he took a couple of fifers and uh, and did quite well. So I think he's somebody that's there yeah, or got, thereabout. Got a few wickets again in this this Bob Willis Trophy round, hasn't he? The Lancashire have beaten Durham, so yeah. And one of those players who knows his game as well. You know, he's not yeah. a, he's not a young pup by any stretch of the imagination. So he's had. He's had time to to work out what works for him, and hopefully, if and when he does get that chance, 
that is a that is a positive for him. It's a nice story, his because he, as you say, came in, came into it quite late. He was a coach at Old Trafford, wasn't he, for a while, walking around with the tracksuit, but in a completely different capacity. And he's had other jobs, done other things, and then made made his yeah, camp. Worked in a fish tackle shop. Yeah, in Blackpool, I think. Yeah, so he's he's kind of taken yeah. the circuitous route into into professional cricket. I mean, I always like talking to people like him uh, and interviewing people like him because you always get the sense that they appreciate what they've got a little bit more than maybe somebody that's come all the way through the age groups and has always been a bit a bit of a big fish in a small pond. I think he he's obviously come in from the side door, and I think he's really appreciating the fact that he's playing county cricket. Yeah, 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 and and, and he is a he's a good bowler. Very good, very good. And he's part of a, a very strong Lancashire seam bowling department. You know, there are plenty of them, aren't there? there Sakib Mahmood, Luke Wood, Tom Bailey is a, you know, is, is somebody who's not, not talked about that often at all, but he's a, an excellent bowler as well. So, so yeah, there's 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 plenty of talent around the, the country. I remember talking to Sam Northeast, it was before Christmas sometime, and the one of the things Sam said to me on the podcast was that uh, in his time in the game, he thinks it's the county scenes are strong now with the youngsters coming through, and you know, as, as he's ever known it. Yeah. Somebody playing in the game that knows what he's talking about, in, in a good position to actually give that assessment, I think. Let's move on to the uh, next question. Um, Phil says, will England play two spinners in the next test? Going down to the Aegeus Bowl, Don Best was acting as the, the sole spinner, along with Joe Root providing a, a few overs the other end. I felt for Don Best, actually, in that first test match. The first innings... I think he bowled quite well, and he obviously got a couple of edges and had a stumping missed. Um, Joss Butler didn't do him any favours, I don't think, in that first innings. And then by the time it got to the second innings, I think he'd lost a little bit of confidence. And I suggested on Twitter that maybe it was time for Don Bess, who I rate a lot, as we've said on the podcast before. I think he's got a big future for England. But whether it was maybe a chance for him to maybe sit out of a test match and just kind of work with the coaches and kind of think about what he's actually achieved so far this summer take stock and, and work on a few things before he he comes back into the side and maybe give Jack Leach a game. But yeah, I suppose one way around that is, is to play two spinners down at the GS Bowl. They, they tend to get help down there, don't they? And if the sun's been out. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit of a shame. Isn't it? I, I wouldn't be particularly, I'd be a little bit underwhelmed if it was kind of Leach and Bess. I would much rather it be Bess and Parkinson. That's not able to be the case because Parkinson's injured. I, I'd just like... I, with two spinners in a side, I would always like to see the the kind of second spinner being a leggy. Yeah. Um, just give, gives a completely different dimension. Two finger spinners, yes, they turn it in different directions, but I just think it's quite samey. And I would want I would want best to be to be stuck with because I agree with you. I think he's a is a very very good cricketer and has significant room for development as well. So I would like them to stick with him. I don't think he's done a great deal wrong. I wouldn't be particularly bothered about them playing two spinners if it's Leach and Bass. No. I, th- I think the only thing with, with Bass playing is that with Root as the second spinner, they are very samey then, aren't they? Literally doing the same thing. You're not kind of classing Root as a second spinner, are you? You're just no. classing him as someone who bowls a few overs here and there. You know, he's... He's more than useful. There's no doubt about that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, but that that's not his job to be a second spinner. His job is to go out there and score runs and to captain the side. A couple of uh, slightly more silly questions and welcome those for future podcasts. Uh, hashtag Ask Badger. You can send some silly ones as well. I don't like cricket. I love it. Asks me kangaroo tentacles or chocolate covered cockroaches. And that was because Graham just before Pakistan 
embarked on uh, trying to bowl England out for less than 277, I said I would eat the contents of a Bush Tucker trial if Pakistan didn't win the Test match. I've had a few messages. Okay. Like, I've had a few messages like that over the last. Frantically trying to find the original tweet, I can't find it to delete it. So there you go. That's the conversation for another day. Hopefully not. That's a question that you better answer then, because <laughs> I'd go nowhere near any of them. I think. Well, if it's got, I, would, I wouldn't be that stupid to make a prediction like that. I'll, I'll <laughs> go for whatever's chocolate covered, but uh, yeah, I prefer not to, to be honest. Um, and then the final silly question, which was from Ted. Ted asks, from the 22 players in the first test, snog, marry, avoid, question mark. I will go first on this because you don't want to answer this because I've mentioned this to you before we press records. But um, I'm going to try and answer this in a crickety way, Ted, if you don't mind, because I prefer not to really snog or marry any of them. But um, I will snog Baba Azam's cricket because Baba Azam in that first innings is 69. I was in raptures. I fell in love with Babra Zam as a cricketer. I've seen a bit of him in white ball. I haven't seen a huge amount of him in red ball. And I just thought the way he approached that inning, some of the shots he played, I will snog that batting. That is fine by me. In terms of marrying, I'm going to marry Chris Wokes. Because I think Chris Wokes would make the ideal husband. I think he would he would tidy up. He would be considerate. He would do things for you. I think he'd look after you. So Chris Wokes would be my husband. And avoid, that's slightly nastier, isn't it? I'll come back to the avoid while Graham answers the snog and marry part. I'll, 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 I'll answer the avoid. I'm not going to answer the other two. I'll answer the avoid. I'd be avoiding Nassim Shah's bowling. I'd be <laughs> at square leg. I'd be backing away, tell you. He was he good, wasn't he? He's a serious talent. Yeah. He's a serious, serious talent. Well, there, we, um, there we go. Between us, we've know. answered that, Ted. Between us, we've answered it. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, we, an- we, we talked about it last week, about looking forward to watching Pakistan play and their bowling attack. That It basically ticks every single box for me. I think, you know, we mentioned at the start of the podcast, I think England maybe got out of jail a little bit in that first test match. Pakistan will be licking their wounds because I think they thought they got that test match won and they should have got that test match won. But with um, yeah, I mean- Shaheen Shah Afridi with his left arm pace, with... Um, Abbas bowling his right arm doubly doublers that look really innocuous, but he takes wickets. And then with Nazim Shah coming on and bowling rockets and looking the real deal, they've got the pace attack sorted out. Yasir Shah did play and bowled okay and took wickets. And um, Shadab Khan was his support bowler. So, you know, Pakistan, England won't find this, you know, don't think because England have won that first test match, it's just going to be a walk in the park from here on. I I would be very disappointed if Pakistan don't bounce back. We've talked about mercurial Pakistan and you never quite know what you're going to get from them. They could go the other way, couldn't they? They could be floored by that and that could almost be the end of them for the series. That, that there, is a, there is a possibility for that. I don't think there's any doubt there. Their talent, of course, they could bounce back and, and let's hope that, that your theory on, on them licking their wounds and, and being ready to, to kind of roar back into this series and say, you're not doing that to us again, comes true. I just fear a little bit that, that it might have gone the other way where they, they kind of say, oh, oh, what have we got to do to win a test match? And they're still thinking about it come 11 o'clock 
at the start of day one at the Aegis Bowl. I think one of the things in Pakistan's favour is that, I mean, they obviously can't go out there and play for them, but the coaching side that they've got isn't actually that far removed from playing, is it? You've got Mushy there as your spin coach. You've got Yunus Khan there as the batting coach. Wakai Yunus, um, recent guest on the podcast, is there as the bowling coach. You've got Mizbar as the head honcho. And I think between them, there's a lot of test matches. There's a lot of experience. If you want to be talked down and then talked back up again by a set of inspirational Pakistani cricketers, I don't think you can go too far wrong with that. It's a bit of a Hall of Fame, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they've got some work to do, though, haven't they? Um... I mean, it was a it, it was a fair old turnaround as as we've as we've kind of ascertained already. So they'll be earning their um, their money. The the coaches, there's absolutely no doubt about that. The final question: um, You're not going to answer the the snog and marry part. Are you sure? We're going to move on. Yeah, I, I'll leave that one. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mark Anthony Hilton. Um, he says, and this is thanks, Mark, for this one. What is your next failed prediction to be plucked out of the lucky bag? He says. So we'll get to our prediction competition, um, which I think is what he's referring to there. And we we haven't done that great, have we? To be honest, so far. <laughs> but I think we've got a few runners and riders in this one. Uh, I think we're going to do better in this series, Graham. Made some inspired selections in this. Our correct score tips are both live. Um, because you've gone for 2-0, I went for 2-1 and 1-all, so all of those are still possible. So that's that's progress, because after the first West Indies Test match, we were done there, weren't we? You've gone Root and Burns in your batting. I've gone for Root and, and Pope, um, and Pope is doing okay for me. Top Pakistan bat, we both went for Baba. You went for Shafiq, and I went for Abid Ali. Um, I'll tell you what, Baba Azam, even though Shan Masood's got off to a flyer, Baba can catch him. So I'm, I'm not too bothered about that just yet. In terms of the bowling, um, you went broad and archer, I went broad and best, so we're kind of in the mix. Top Pakistan bowler, you went for Shaheen and Shadib. Um, Shaheen bowled nicely, didn't he? And he could easily end up being the top Pakistan um, wicket taker. I went for Nazim, I went for Abbas, and I went for Shaheen. So I've pretty much got all of the bases covered there, really. And our first test markets, though, Mark's certainly right with that because it was quack, quack, oops, all the way through the predictions there. So let's move on very quickly. Don't worry about that legal injunction, because if he's following our tips, he won't be able to afford it. Sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. I'll, I'll give you Graham's address later. You can just send the injunction there. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh. Just tickled me a bit there. England Pakistan, the second test match. We have 20 units, Graham, to finish off this uh, edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. England are 10 to 11 to win the second test match. The draw is 5 to 2, and Pakistan are 3 to 1. You have 20 units. I have 20 units. All of the various markets available to you. I'm actually looking at the Bet365 website to take the prices from it. Go on, you go first, because then, then I can do my. I can I can try and win the competition accordingly. Then <laughs> I, I've seen a few people suggesting that this one might be a draw. I looked at the weather forecast, and it's going to be a little bit like it has been over the last few days. I think if you if you can believe any of the weather forecasts that you read, because they can send men to the moon, but they can't actually tell you what's going to happen tomorrow in terms of rain. But the <laughs> If it is muggy and there are chances of thunderstorms, and obviously thunderstorms aren't like showers, are they? They can be torrential for sort of, even if it's torrential for twenty minutes, that can keep you off for a while. So I'm tempted to look at the draw at five to two as uh, one of my bets here. Um, I'll come to back to that in just a second because I'm going to scroll down to the uh, batting markets and I'm looking at Babra Zam at five to two to be the top first innings batsman for Pakistan. I like that as well, and I also like Oli Pope at seven to two in the uh, the England market. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ten on the draw at five to two. I'm going to go five on Oli Pope at seven to two to be the top England first innings batsman, and I'm going to put the other five on Babra 
at five to two to be the top Pakistan batsman? I'm going to go Baba. I'm going to slightly have a variation on a theme. I, I quite like the idea of hundreds in the game because the, the the top batsman you can you can be right in your prediction but wrong in the result almost because yeah. somebody can pick you. Pakistan knock up seven hundred in their first innings. There's five centurions. Baba's one of them, but he's the fifth. You know, you, you're right, aren't you? So I'm going to go for a Baba Azam century in the match. And I'm going to go 10 units there. Bab Azam is available at 9-2. I'm going to go for Shaheen Afridi, top Pakistan wicket-taker. Five units, just on the basis that as I said, I, I, I'm not a, a, a great lover of going too deep into the, the top runs and top wickets because... You, you can get stuffed a little bit, but I think he's a, an excellent bowler. Can pick up some cheap wickets here and there with with his with his height and, and, and he's got a, a good Yorker and decent pace, all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I quite fancy him. Bowled bowled very well in the first test. I'm going to go Rory Burns five units on a century in the match. Burns to score 100 as well is the same price as Babrazam. That's a 9-2 shot as well. So in terms of our second test bets, listeners, I've gone for 10 on the draw at 5-2, 5 on Babrazam to be the top Pakistan batsman at 5-2 and 5 on Oli Pope to be the top England batsman at 7-2. Graham has gone 10 on Babrazam to score a century at 9-2. He's gone 5 on Shaheen to take the most wickets for Pakistan at 11-4 and 5 on Rory Burns to score 100 is a 9-2 shot. So there are bets for the second test match. Prem Castle, it's been an absolute joy as always. I am disappointed in you for not telling me who you're going to marry in Snog, but we could get to that next time when you join me ahead of the third test match. But thanks, mate, for coming on. No problem. Take care. Podcast Network.